Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRN Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, October 25th, and we start with local news. The Murray County Fire Department was kept busy this past weekend as they fought six fires in a 10-hour period. Units responded to the fires throughout the day, including one at an outbuilding on Chestnut Ridge Road at 7.34 a.m., one at grass, a grass fire at Booker Farm Road at 9.47 a.m., a tractor fire on Fred White Road at 10.25 a.m., a house fire providing mutual aid to Giles County at 3.15 p.m., a brush fire on Rally Hill Road at 3.46 p.m., and a grass fire at Murphy Road at 5.22 p.m. There were also several motor vehicle accidents and medical calls throughout the day that units responded to. Murray County Fire Department is reminding citizens to practice safe burning due to the dry conditions. Over the past several years, the Columbia City Council has approved development plans and supported initiatives proposed the City Arts Council that would bolster the arts and culture in Columbia for years to come. A new study shows that the Council's focus on enhancing the arts has helped the city make strides by increasing the city's economic prosperity and the number of its visitors. The arts and culture sector in Columbia generated $6.1 million in economic activity during 2022, according to the recently released Arts and Economic Prosperity 6, or AEP6, study, a recent city press release stated. This included $2.6 million in spending by arts and culture organizations and an additional $3.5 million in event-related expenditures by their audiences, according to the AEP6 report. The economic activity supported 100 jobs, provided $3.4 million in personal income to residents, and generated $973,986 in tax revenue to local, state, and federal governments. AEP 6 is an in-depth economic and social impact study of the nation's nonprofit arts and culture industry. The Arts and Economic Prosperity 6 study demonstrates that the arts are a driving force behind our city's economic growth and community pride. Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder stated, We're grateful to our Arts Council members who played an important role in this national study. Columbia is enriched by a vibrant arts and culture scene, and this study underscores the importance of continuing to invest in and support this industry. The arts play a pivotal role in making Columbia a wonderful place to live, work, and visit. The study highlighted the vital role arts and culture play in building livable communities, acting as catalysts for entrepreneurship and enhancing nighttime economies. Additionally, the AEP-6 study expanded beyond economic data to include social impact measurements, revealing that 89% of attendees reported that the events they attended inspired a sense of pride in their neighborhood or community, while 86% stated they would feel a great sense of loss if the activity or venue would no longer be available. Arts and culture strengthen the visitor economy. In the city of Columbia, 48.1% of attendees are non-local visitors who traveled from outside Murray County who spent an average of $22.98. Additionally, 90.2% of non-local attendees reported that the primary purpose of their visit was specifically to attend the performance, event, exhibit, venue, or facility where they were surveyed. The study also emphasized the importance of equitable funding for arts and culture organizations, highlighting that proportional economic and community impacts were observed regardless of an organization's racial or ethnic composition. 
These findings underscore the need for fair and proportional financial support for all ethnic and cultural organizations. The AEP6 study affirms that investing in the arts and culture sector is an investment in the economic vitality and well-being of communities. By supporting this industry, leaders are creating more livable, inclusive, and vibrant environments for residents and visitors alike, the city press release said. For more information on the AEP6 study, visit ColumbiaArtsCouncil.com. The study includes 373 regions across all 50 states, ranging from rural to large urban communities. Nationally, in 2022, the arts and culture industry sector generated a staggering $151.7 billion in economic activity. This included $73.3 billion in spending by arts and culture organizations and an additional $78.4 billion in event-related expenditures by their audiences. This economic activity supported 2.6 million jobs, provided $101 billion in personal income to residents, and generated $29.1 billion in tax revenue to local, state, and federal governments. For Columbia's role in the study, the Columbia Arts Council spearheaded all survey data collection efforts for more than a year, attending local arts-related events to gather completed surveys from event attendees. Yesterday, the Agricultural Experiment Station in Spring Hill held an agricultural field day for students. Front Porch Radio's Delg Kennedy paid a visit and spoke to some students about their experiences with agriculture. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This morning, I am in Spring Hill. I'm at the Agricultural Experiment Station here at Spring Hill. The fourth graders of Murray County are having an agricultural field day. They are learning about beef cattle, dairy cattle, hogs, chickens, and even bees. And they're having a big time. You can hear them sort of squirming in the background. I'm talking with Anna Kate Davis. Hello, Anna. Hello. And Hannah Kate Davis. Hannah Jane Davis, yes, sir. (laughs) I'm talking with Hannah Jane Davis. Hello, Hannah. Hi. All right. Now, girls, y'all have brought with you a show calf named Dolly. Dolly is right here next to us. She's 10 months old. She's red with a white face. She weighs 800 pounds. Uh, and tell me what y'all do with Dolly. Well, we we have to get her up and work her every day. We try to give her a bath every day, keep her hair clean, keep it growing, to keep um, to get her prepared for a show. And we have to walk her and all get her everything ready for the show. All right. And this is Hannah Kate. Tell me about this showing. So when we go out into the show ring, we have a fancy halter on them, and we have a show stick that has a calming tool on the bottom and it has a dual point where we can adjust their feet to make them set up right so the judge can judge them and if you win you get a blue ribbon and if you win you get or if you get second place you get a red ribbon how long have you girls been doing this six or seven years now uh hannah kate you're in school what grade and where eighth grade at columbia academy all right and hannah kate you're in school what grade and where i'm a senior at columbia academy All right. Now, I've also got with me Kaya St. Croix. She is a fourth grader, uh, and I believe you're a fourth grader at Spring Hill Elementary. Is that right? Yes, sir. How are you enjoying field day? It's amazing. What do you think of Dolly? I think she's really cute. Would you like to participate in showing calves as well? Probably, yes. What's the best part about agricultural field day so far, Kaya? Probably the buttercrackers. The what? The buttercrackers we got there. The buttercrackers? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Well, there was 
over at the uh, other parts of the field day thing, we had learned about uh, butter and butter churning, and they gave us uh, cracker samples with butter on them. Oh, wow. Were they good? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Again, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I'm with Hannah Jane Davis and Hannah Kate Davis. Uh, they have been showing their calf, Dolly, to the fourth graders of Spring Hill Elementary. I've been talking with Kaya St. Croix. Uh, she's having a big time. I've got two or three kids right here in front of me. Have you all had fun? Yeah! All right. It will be. All right, again, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio, Spring Hill Agricultural Center. We've been looking at Dolly, uh, who is a show calf, and uh, <laughs> she's talking to us now. Okay, Hannah Kate, Hannah James, are y'all having fun? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, thank you so much. City officials, along with city structural engineers, recently met with N&S Waterproofing to discuss delaying the city parking garage renovations. N&S Waterproofing has agreed to delay construction on the garage until after the holidays. The decision will be mutually beneficial, according to the city, since N&S Waterproofing would prefer to begin the garage renovations until later in the winter. The new start date will be January 29th of 2024. John Morrison of Morrison Engineering presented the project to Columbia City Council earlier this month, which included details of its timeline and how the updates will improve the facility, which originally dates back to the 19th century. Our scope of work for this parking garage is basically a lot of waterproofing, with a polyurethane traffic coating on approximately two-thirds of the garage, everything that is basically elevated, Morrison said. It will create good traction for traffic going up the ramps and prevent any water intrusion, Underneath that coating, we'll have to clear out any caulking joints since everything has deteriorated pretty far in the garage currently, he said. The bid for the project came in at $675,790. The garage will also receive a heavy-duty pressure wash cleaning, as well as a new paint job and rejuvenating areas of the top level, which Morrison said has begun to flake off in parts due to moisture accumulation over the years. Steel structures, including drain pipes, fencing, and other structural burials will also be recoded to prevent further deterioration. Once the main bulk of the renovations are complete, the garage will then be restriped as it is today. The project is estimated to add 7 to 10 years of life to the building, depending on its usage. Once again, this project will be postponed until January. Murray Regional Medical Center will offer, once again this year, an opportunity to dispose of expired, unused, or unneeded prescription drugs. The drug take-back event allows community members to dispose safely and anonymously. The free drug take-back event will be held in front of the Murray Regional Medical Center Medical Office Building at 1222 Trotwood Avenue in Columbia on Saturday, October 28th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. The event, which will feature a convenient drive-through disposal process, will be staffed by members of the Murray Regional Medical security team. Staff members will receive items from drivers in their vehicles. The service is free and anonymous with no information required. We are pleased to offer our community members a convenient, anonymous way to safely dispose of unneeded medications, Murray Regional Medical Center Security Director Michael Johnson said. We highly encourage all residents to take advantage of this opportunity to dispose of medications, he said. For multiple safety and health precautions, safely disposing of unused medication is extremely important. Medication should not be flushed down a toilet or tossed in the trash. In addition, medicines that are kept in home cabinets are susceptible to diversion, misuse, and abuse. 
The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration's National Survey on Drug Use and Health indicates that most misused and abused prescription drugs are obtained from family and friends, including medications taken from home medicine cabinets. Only medications in pill or patch form should be brought to the upcoming event. The site cannot accept liquids, needles, or sharps. Items should be in their original container, if possible. On Monday, October 16th, the Spring Hill Chamber launched its 2023 Think, Shop, Explore Local Passport, presented by Groove Life, encouraging residents to explore the local community and its businesses through November 17th. Residents who collect at least 15 stickers from participating businesses will have a chance to win a grand prize featuring gifts from local businesses worth thousands of dollars. Empowering our community with a local passport program is not just about promoting business, it's about promoting community pride through local discovery, said Rebecca Melton, Executive Director of the Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce. With the opportunity to win a generous grand prize from some of our local businesses, the passport program offers an exciting way for residents to explore the community's assets and make new connections, she said. Passports are available at all participating businesses in the Spring Hill Welcome Center, located at 5326 Main Street, Suite G, in Spring Hill. The Welcome Center will also serve as the official backdrop location, I'm sorry, official drop-off location for all completed passports. A list of business addresses, a map with directions, grand prize details, and passport rules can be found at springhillchamber.com forward slash passport. The local passport includes 33 stops encompassing various local business types and community photo opportunities. This year's community photo opportunities include Spring Hill Public Library, Walnut Street Skate Park, and Cannon Hill. Participants can take photos at these locations and share them on Instagram or Facebook using the hashtag SHPassport23 or complete the entire passport to earn extra entries in the grand prize drawing. Once again, for details and passport rules, visit www.springhillchamber.com forward slash passport. J.C. Ford, Fuel Total Systems, and GCP Applied Technologies will host 120 advanced manufacturing, mechatronics, and steam engineering students from Murray County Public Schools for a manufacturing day event on October 27th as part of a national effort to showcase the reality of modern manufacturing careers and connect with America's future workforce. During the lunch hour, sponsored by Murray Alliance, a team from Altium Cells will present to the students and they will have an opportunity to tour the Engineering Systems Technology Program at Columbia State Community College. The three manufacturers were selected to highlight the diverse industry opportunities available in Murray County. J.C. Ford is a leading manufacturer of high-speed corn tortilla production equipment. They also manufacture flour tortilla production lines, tortilla chip production lines, fryers to produce tortilla chips and corn-based snacks, and complete systems for processing corn into masa. Fuel Total Systems, located in the Cherry Glen Industrial Park, manufactures automotive plastic fuel tank systems and related automotive components focusing on development, design, and manufacturing. GCP Applied Technologies is a leading global provider of specialty construction products technologies such as Preproof Plus, a waterproofing membrane that protects building infrastructure. The Manufacturing Day events have been coordinated via a collaborative effort between Murray County Public Schools, Columbia State Community College, and Murray County Chamber and Economic Alliance. There is an increasing demand for highly skilled professionals in the manufacturing sector who can design, program, and operate technology. 
Over the next decade, manufacturers will need to fill 4.6 million jobs. Organized by the Manufacturing Institute, the education and workforce partner of the National Association of Manufacturers, Manufacturing Day, which was established in 2012, is designed to introduce young people and others in the community to the thriving manufacturing industry, to change perceptions of manufacturing, and highlight the high-tech and innovative companies that are solving tomorrow's challenges today. More information is available at www.mfgday.com. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. James Ray Stewart. 81, a retired quality control engineer for Union Carbide and a resident of Columbia, died Sunday, October 22nd at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. Stewart will be conducted Thursday, October 26th at 1 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday, October 25th from 4 to 8 p.m. at the funeral home. Tyler Christopher Vaughn, 25, a resident of Olive Hill, Tennessee, died Friday, October 20th at Jackson Madison County Hospital. A graveside service for Tyler will be conducted Saturday, October 28th at 1.30 p.m. at Pisgah Cemetery in Hampshire. The family will visit with friends on Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have mainly sunny skies today with a high of around 80 degrees. Winds will be out of the south-southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect a few clouds and a low near 60. Winds will be light and variable. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Three, two, one. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, 
residential and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years, and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Your home is your biggest investment. Getting the most for it when it comes time to sell is important. At The Way Realty, we help you get more by providing all our clients with a full-service real estate company. At no extra cost to you, we help you prepare your house to look its best with home staging, landscaping, professional pictures, marketing on all the major websites, touch-up repairs, and home inspection repairs up to $700. Get more with The Way Realty by reaching out to us to see what we can do for you and to find out the market value of your home. Visit us today at thewayrealtytn.com. Call us at 931-580-4669 or stop by our showroom at 800 Hatcher Lane, Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrylis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee has sued Meta after a multi-state investigation into the Facebook and Instagram parent company, which is accused of violating consumer protection laws and deceptively marketing their platforms to adolescents to the detriment of their mental health. Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti said Tuesday, research indicates social media has played a significant role in a worsening mental health crisis for American youth, 
by exploiting a vulnerable population with an increasingly addictive product. The company has been taking advantage of an inherent vulnerability in the teenage brain in a way that has caused a devastating impact on a generation, Scrimetti said. The lawsuit focuses specifically on Instagram, which Meta has known for years causes psychological harm to young users, Scrimetti said. Rather than take steps to reduce or disclose the harm, Meta leaned further into its profit-maximizing approach that hurts kids, Scrimetti said. Targeting kids with a harmful product and lying about its safety violates the Tennessee Consumer Protection Act. Meta knows every last design decision that made Instagram addictive to kids, and that means it knows exactly how to fix the problem. We're suing to make the company fix the problem, he said. Tennessee, the District of Columbia, and six other states filed related lawsuits in local courts, while dozens more joined a federal lawsuit filed in California this week. The lawsuits allege Meta misled its users and ratcheted up marketing toward adolescents to take advantage of the demographic, which is susceptible to social media manipulation, Scrimetti said. Meta is one of the biggest and most powerful companies in the history of the world. They have unfathomable troves of data on their users and others, Scrimetti said. The federal lawsuit alleges Meta knowingly built tools to maximize and increase youth engagement at the expense of young users' safety, highlighting features such as face and body image manipulation filters and algorithmic recommendations. Scrimetti said the lawsuit is, quote, not about money. Our lawsuit is to make the company stop hurting kids, Scrimetti said. We know there were a series of decisions to make the product more and more addictive. What we want is for the company to undo that, he said. Scrimetti said the state's investigation into the detrimental social media practices spanned the industry. This is not just about Meta, Scrimetti noted, but he said the company is one of the biggest players in the social media sphere. I think it is appropriate we lead off with this particular lawsuit. The initial complaints include numerous redactions, which Scrimetti said Tuesday included some information Meta claims is proprietary. Tennessee has filed a motion to release the redacted information. Tennessee drivers saw another week of falling prices at the pump last week as Tennessee gas prices fell five cents on average across the state. The Tennessee gas price average is now $3.09, which is 29 cents less expensive than one month ago and 23 cents less than one year ago. Here's some quick facts. 43% of Tennessee gas stations have prices below $3. The lowest 10% is $2.81. The highest 10% of pump prices are $3.55 for regular unleaded. Tennessee is currently the sixth least expensive market in the nation. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Patty Loveless, Bob McDill, and Tanya Tucker became the 150th, 151st, and 152nd members of the Country Music Hall of Fame, as they were formally inducted during a star-studded medallion ceremony in the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum's CMA Theater. Loveless, McDill, and Tucker received Country Music's highest distinction and were honored with heartfelt remarks and inspired performances of songs associated with their careers. Produced by the staff of the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum, the annual medallion ceremony celebrates the unique talents, personalities, and backgrounds of each Hall of Fame inductee, as well as the important turning points and the breakthrough artistic achievements that defined their careers. The ceremony includes speeches, live musical tributes, and original video biographies created by the museum staff using recorded performances, past televised interviews, and historic photos culled from materials in the museum's Frist Library and Archive. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM, WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or any of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting frontporchradiotn.com. It's always there for you. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.